Hello, and welcome to Speaking Frankly. I'm your host, Janae Frank. This podcast is all about love, life, pain, and everything in between. Real talk for real people from a writer's perspective, done through storytelling, interviews, and plain old straight talk. Today's episode is titled Brown Sugar. I got the idea from the 2002 movie Brown Sugar. It's starring Sanaa Lathan, who plays Sydney, and Tay Diggs, who plays Dre. They can attribute their friendship and the launch of their careers to one single childhood instant, witnessing the birth of hip-hop on a New York street corner. Now, some 15 years later, she is a revered music critic, and he is a successful, though unfulfilled, music exec. Both come to realize that their true passions will only be fulfilled by remembering what they learned that day on the corner. So when I thought about this episode, I'm a true hip-hop lover, 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 loved it since I can't even remember. My brother and I, we would break down cardboard boxes, be thinking we could break dance. And I used to think to myself, if I could move out to New York and I'm going to be an actor, a singer, a dancer, a rapper, all these things, like I've always been a creative person. And it is not until, I guess you could say, maybe the second part of my life that I'm able to finally live out some of these dreams. And so I thought this episode would be fun. So I thought, who could I talk to? Who could I interview who has experience in this world and has lived this life? And I thought of my friend, Joshua Gunn. Let me tell you people, this guy is the truth. I met he and his beautiful family, his wife and kids, a couple years ago back in Peoria, Illinois, which is my hometown. And he is now the CEO of the Peoria Chamber of Commerce. But he's not only a CEO, y'all, this man is a rapper. He's an actor. He has traveled the world since he was young. And he has met some of the most incredible rappers, superstars ever in the world. And so I thought, this is the perfect guy. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to put him on the hot seat. I'm going to ask him some juicy questions. And let me tell you, this guy doesn't back down. He, he answers them all. And then also find out how does he balance corporate America with being an artist? And is it similar? So without further ado, let me introduce to you my friend, the amazing, incredible Joshua Gunn. Hello, Mr. Gunn. How are you today? Today, I'm great. How are you? Good. I am so happy that you are here. How did I get a triple threat? A rapper, (laughs) actor. I'm just honored to be on here today. I appreciate you reaching out. It's always great to have uh, meaningful conversations and uh, on your platform. So uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And so how do you feel about being a triple threat? Can I call you that? You can. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it's just three, but uh, (laughs) I'll go triple for now. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because there were times in my life, Janae, when I was ashamed of all the other things that I could do. Right. And I was like, because coming up as an artist, right, there's like in the industry, people look down on you if you Mm -hmm. do anything else besides the art. Right. Okay. um, I was a little bit ashamed of it for a while, but you know, I've gradually by um, some of the experiences that I've had and, and working with some of what I would describe as like my heroes in the music industry, you mm-hmm. know, like for instance, uh, one of my 
early record deals I signed was with uh, MC Light. So legendary. Oh, wow. I love know, MC Light. Uh, iconic MC, right? And the dopest female that I've heard thus far. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. She would agree with that. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, spent time with her and like, she was she was doing voiceovers for cartoons. She was acting. She mm-hmm. was writing a book. Uh, all these other things, in addition to being a dope MC, right? And it, it, it was like a light bulb moment for me. Like, why am I stifling myself? Uh, you know, I have, exactly. I have uh, these other abilities that I'm not serving. And uh, so, you know, being around people like that, or even spending time with Kanye, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, w- when when I was with Kanye, he was working on his uh, Life of Pablo album. But that is my favorite album, by the way. Fashion and I'm sorry, dude, just, I don't want to cut you off. What you say? Oh no, that's my favorite album of his is Life of oh, Pablo. Right. <laughs> well, so yeah, I had a, so at some point we'll talk about that experience. But um, he, you know, he was talking about fashion and what he wanted. To, he wanted to design a hotel, and mm-hmm. you know, that was another moment for me. I'm like, man, all of these talented people don't just do one thing. That's right. right. So you know, when you say triple threat, I'm like really happy about that title now but there just there just was a time when I wasn't you know I feel like I'm able to bring all of myself into all the spaces that I'm in and I'm really grateful for that I love that answer I love it yeah because well you're a rapper an actor and a business exec and so not to mention a fabulous father and husband as well so Uh, we have to add those in (laughs) I hope my my family would agree of course they of course and I, I also really respect how on social media you put your hashtag fatherhood is dope. I love that, you know, because I think for a long time, I don't think that um, people in your industry were, you know, saying fatherhood was dope. What do you you think about that? No, it's a lot of that. And and that kind of hashtag was born out of um, kind of a similar feeling as as I described around sort of all the other things that I do. When I had my daughter, Janae, uh, Mm -hmm. I was in the middle of, uh, a pretty strong run in 2016 in music. We were doing, um, mm-hmm. we did an international tour that year. We did, uh, we shot a movie. We scored wow. another, we scored a film. We were starring on a TV show on BET called Music Moguls. All this music stuff was happening. It was happening in a really real way. But what was bringing me the most joy was mm-hmm. my daughter. And so, you know, I would post about my daughter almost every day when she was born. Yeah. Right. I got some, some feedback from some industry folks. They were like, you know, you don't want to give the impression that all you do is, um, you know, be a dad. And I'm like, what do you mean? What's doper than being a father? <laughs> exactly. You know? So exactly. I kind of carried that and I made that hashtag initially as kind of a, a clap back to them to say, you know, fatherhood is dope. Right. And it kind of beca- it kind of became my mantra uh, ever since then. I love it. Absolutely love it. So thank you. As you know, the title of this podcast episode is Brown Sugar, based on the movie Brown Sugar with Tay Diggs and Sanaa Lathan. And so, of course, as you know, the whole question was, how did you fall in love with hip hop? Or when did you fall in love with hip hop? And when was it for you? Yeah, first, let me say, I love that movie. It came out when I was a teenager and it was like they wrote that movie for me, right? I felt like that movie was like a romantic movie, but from a hip hop perspective. But you I felt that it. that movie was for you. I Let's talk about it that. Like, it was just like, yeah, my life story a little bit. But, Let's talk about that. Um, okay, so how did you fall in love with hip hop? Yeah, I, I fell in love with hip hop um, really, I think, through my brother, first of all. So my older brother is seven years older than me. Okay. And, um, 
you know, I really just wanted to be around my big brother. You know what I mean? Hip hop, oh, okay. Such, you know, in, in black culture, hip hop is such an important part of everything that we do. Right. Uh, but in, in his case, him and all his homeboys were rappers, and he, you know, he exposed me to uh, what I consider the greatest hip hop era, which is like that nineties. Yes. Yes. Um, and so part of my falling in love was just wanting to be around my brother and, break, and, and immerse myself in the music. Um, but I also started rapping as a way to like, so they would keep me around, right? His homeboys <laughs> would invite me out with them. Because, okay. You know, look at little bro, little bro can rap, right? Right. So uh, I fell in love with that experience and the ability to express myself that way. And um, if I had to pinpoint mm-hmm. one album that made me fall in love with yes, hip-hop, yes. It would be into the thirty six chambers, uh, the first Wu Tang album. Wu Tang so, forever. Like, to, to me, Wu Tang was Wu Tang was a group of superheroes, right? And it okay. just was like this amazing experience. Um, that uh, hearing that, and then there's an album called Mecca and the Soul Brother, uh-huh. Rock and CL Smooth. Yes, those those two albums uh, are the reason I. I wanted to do this and, i uh, love pete rock and cl smooth yes i reminisce <laughs> yeah, I love, you know uh they reminisce over you is like my favorite song ever yes ever, in, in, yes in, in, in any genre and um you know imagine i was like seven years old Janae, and okay like, it just impacted me in a way that nothing has impacted me since so i knew this is what i want to do with my life Oh, that is beautiful. Uh, that's interesting because you're a few years younger than me, Joshua. Just a few. And that resonated with me as well in a different era. Um, yeah. So I was in college, I think. I think it might have been freshman year that that came out. And that was just dope. It just resonated. But you want to hear, I'm going to take it all the way back. So okay. I was probably in third, fourth grade, not sure. But the song that did it for me, it's not something that was super popular or went platinum or anything like that. But it was UTFO, Roxanne, Roxanne. Oh, yeah. Roxanne, Roxanne, Roxanne is legendary. I mean, it might have went platinum. Maybe. Maybe. That's a big big record. It It was that for me because it was just such an exciting time, you know, to hear something so different and then hear this woman respond you know, yeah, and she's so she's slick and greasy and just, you know, going off on them. I just loved it. <laughs> Everything about I'm, it. Uh, <laughs> I love, I love, I love that, that, uh, song. And I love Roxanne Shantae's response. And I, I listen, I still listen to, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, Roxanne's show on Sirius XM. I just love her. Oh, she, that's she, awesome. She's amazing, man. So, amazing. Yeah, amazing. That's, that's iconic. That song is iconic. It's sure. iconic, yeah. So yeah. what do you say, Joshua, about... So you are in corporate America. You're a CEO. So what yeah. do you think is the correlation between the rap, music industry, hip-hop, and being in corporate America? Man, you know, for, for me, it, it was so... Um, I st- again, I started rapping at seven years old. I signed my first management and recording contract at 13. Wow. I started my own company at 19. And so I've really grown up in this music industry, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but I wasn't just an artist. By 19, I was running my own company with my uh, frat brother and business partner, Rashad. You know, so I learned a lot about business, mm-hmm. right? And, and um, I think those skills are directly transferable, right? Running a music and entertainment company has a lot of similarities to what I do today, but also mm-hmm. um, the the other skills, right? Being able to think quickly on my feet, being able to uh, navigate uh, rooms full of people that I don't know, being able to create relationships, being able to... The networking uh, piece, right? Right. And so um, 
I think all of the skills that, you know, I've been blessed to obtain through music, uh, I've found them to be really transferable in the world of business in every way. And I think they've kind of prepared me in a unique way for the role at the Chamber of Commerce in that, um, you know, it's an ever evolving role, right? No two days are the same. Right. um, The music industry is exactly the same. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, great. Okay, Mr. Gunn. So um, can you talk a little bit about being chief executive officer at the Peoria Chamber of Commerce? And by the way, shout out to P-Town. That is where I was born and raised 309 all day. <laughs> or, uh, or shout out to the 309. Um, yeah, you know, it's been a phenomenal opportunity, Janae. I, I uh, kind of took this role as a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. I um, I never had never been to Peoria before I accepted the, you know, other than the interview, never, I didn't know very, I didn't know anybody in Peoria actually. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, was looking for an opportunity in the world of chambers of commerce, the best possible scenario that you can have as a chamber executive is to be in a community where you can make an impact. Right? Yes, and I definitely. think Peoria has all the components of a community where you can quickly uh, deploy strategies and make a positive impact. I, I'm, I'm driven by that, right? To make the connection back yes. to hip hop. You know, the, one of the things that I love about it is this kind of instant gratification, right? If you make something dope and you perform it, the crowd lets you know right away that they liked it, right? Yes. And yeah. I, I, that's what kind of motivates me, that, that, that impact, that initial impact. And in my community development work uh, and economic development work, I'm driven by similar impact. So a community the size of Peoria is kind of the best case scenario. And and, and adding to the fact that uh, Peoria has a, a great combination of resources and challenges, right? right. So Peoria has a lot of challenges right now in terms of population decline, in terms of mm-hmm. uh, income inequality, in terms of infrastructure challenges and, and, and some other things that I think are beneath the surface. But there's a lot of resources here and a lot of dedicated people to, that want to make some change. So Without uh, it's kind of it's kind of been the perfect opportunity for for someone like me. And I, I hope that the community uh, feels the same way. Oh, without a doubt. We are so blessed to have you. Um, fortunately, I'm no longer in the Peoria area, wow. but I will always support Peoria. I'm in Dallas-Fort Worth area, but P-Town will always be my first love. And it's an amazing well, we, we place to you, be. We miss you Billy. <laughs> so, you know, hey, anytime you want to come back. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we probably will be. So, yes. So how do you feel about... Is it ever difficult when people find out, hey, this guy's an actor, he's a rapper, and he's a CEO? Do you ever get looks like, huh, a rapper? You know, do you all get the, that? All, all the time. <laughs> okay. All the time. One of my uh, my homeboys, someone who I record record with and, and have, have actually one of my biggest records I did with is this guy named G. Yamazawa. He's an amazing MC, mm-hmm. and uh, he's, he's Japanese. And oh, okay. he writes these haikus every morning on his Instagram. Oh, wow. And one of the, haiku, one of the haikus that he posted the other day was, uh, they like it when you say artist, they hate it when you say rapper. Oh. And, 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 and that has been my life experience, right? I always start off with, I'm an artist. They say, what kind of artist? Mm-hmm. I say, I do music. Then they say, what kind of music? Then I say, hip-hop and then like their face changes isn't right? that right? something you know the I mean? stigma behind that uh-huh Fascinating. And, and, and you know a part of that is just the sort of negative connotation that people have with hip-hop part of that is mm-hmm. uh racism as it applies to black culture mm-hmm. right and some of our cultural art forms and this sort of racial um 
racial opinions mm -hmm. uh, prejudices against black culture and black music right. um and so yeah I, i feel it and i sense it in every room that i'm in you know the chamber of commerce is a very official business type of role so of course certain settings people aren't used to having a rapper in that space but i think that's why it's all the more important uh that i'm honest and transparent about who i am and what i'm bringing to the room mm -hmm. and uh hopefully the, my work will speak for itself and people will be less concerned with how they might feel about my chosen art form I love that answer. I love it because I think that people are, you know, multifaceted. We're complex individuals. It's not just one thing. Right. Um, and I like what you said about artists. You know, I feel like I'm a writer. I would like to be an author. Um, you know, I'm going to put that out there into the ether and um, and now a podcaster. And so there's a lot of different, you know, creative avenues. And so to just put yourself. Yeah, I like I like saying an artist. I like that. Yeah. I, I spoke at Bradley University a couple of weeks ago, Janae, to a group of college juniors and seniors, and they asked me what advice that I have for them. And that's one of the things I told them. I said, never box yourself in. Never just be that's one That's it. Thing. Right. Uh, you know, we're all multifaceted, right? You're not, you know, I told them you're not just an engineer or you're not just a scientist, right? If you exactly. can be a scientist and an artist or an engineer and a chef. Uh, you know, at A&T where I went to college, most people are engineering majors there. And man, they're engineers that are DJs, MCs, real That's estate right. developers, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just a, a vast array of what we can be as human beings. And, and I don't believe in limiting myself. I love it. Absolutely. Okay, Mr. Gunn. So tell me what you think about the evolution of hip hop right now and where it's going from the inception to right now today. What do you think? You know, that's such a loaded question for me because I, I have this like internal dialogue about my opinions on current hip hop all the time. And part <laughs> of that dialogue is me realizing that I'm getting older, right? Or getting <laughs> old. Let's just put old on it. No, no don't say that because I'm older than you. So we're just getting wiser. <laughs> that's right. Because hip hop at its inception was, was a youth culture, right? It's driven right. by youth. And uh, we, as, as people that are over 30, have to allow the youth to create things that are authentic and true to them right um and so that can be tough though because hip, the hip-hop of today doesn't sound anything like the hip-hop um that you know we grew up on or that i glorified in my when i fell in love with hip-hop response right um, but i think it's also beautiful that people are continuing to create new ways and new sounds uh one of the other key evolutions that i love though janae and this is kind of driven by Mm -hmm. um, the, the Versus series. Right? Oh, I was going to ask you about the Versus. We're going to get into that. Okay. Okay. okay <laughs> yeah. We're finally evolving into a culture that I think appreciates the older artists, right? So, like, I think you're right. Genre, um, there's no such thing as washed up, right? If you think about like the Rolling Stones, oh, or, yeah. uh, Led Zeppelin or the Beach Boys, right? right. They're like 85, still booking <laughs> tours and nobody considers them has been. No, that's but right. Hip -hop, you know, 10 years in the game and everyone's ready to throw you away. Right. But I love that, you know, we're evolving into a, what I describe as a more complete culture where people can make albums at 40. My favorite album of the year is mm -hmm. Nas's King's Disease. Yes, Nas is, yes. Nas is 47 years old, right? So he's making a relevant project at 47 in hip hop, which would have been unheard of right. years ago. Exactly. So I, I love where the game is going in that respect. Uh, I would be lying if I said I like all the new stuff. You know <laughs> I, know, I know, I <laughs> know. Know, But it is what it is. We all, there's, there's space for all of it. But I like your answer, though, because like you said, as you get older, you get wiser, more, and your tastes change. It's kind of yeah. like maybe where our parents were listening to some of the things we were listening to, like, well, what is that, you know? <laughs> right, right. I, yeah, I get it. My pops, 
you know, he would hear me in the room sometimes, and he'd be like, "What the hell is my son listening to?" You know, and and, and, and you know the, the 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 vulgar lyrics and the misogyny and uh-huh. the highly sexually explicit stuff that I was listening to as a teenager. Right. I get why he made those faces because I hear some of the stuff now, and I'm like, "Man, what is this?" I know, but, I know. But, you know. It's it's all about evolving, and uh, I think now <laughs> that some of these cats will look back on some of their music and say, "Man, I was I was tripping because I listen to some of my own stuff today." And I'm like, wow, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> but I think that's I think that's everyone though, in any type of artistry, right? You look back and kind of think, oh, okay. <laughs> right, right, but it right. was just the time and the place. Okay, so you were talking about verses. So that has been very interesting, has it not? <laughs> I love verses so much. I love it. It's been interesting, that's for sure. It's been interesting. Um, yeah. I love it. Well, okay, so I'm going to put you on the hot seat, Mr. Joshua. I will, Let's I'm do a, it. Okay, I'm going to ask you three questions, and you have to answer. You can't pass, okay? Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so versus, is it Biggie or is it Tupac? Which one? You have to pick one. It's Biggie. Me too. Me too. Okay. Okay. Do you want to explain or? <laughs> no, I mean, I love Tupac. Right? Me too. But, right. Um, I, you know, I love, I think Tupac made a bigger impact on the culture. Correct. If me, I agree. If you're asking me who I listen to more in the car is Biggie. Correct. And that's what I'm going on. I know exactly what you mean because my husband and I, we fuss all the time about this. And he's like, it's Tupac because look at his catalog and look at this and look at that. But at the end of the day, I remember just the excitement and the energy around Biggie. And I will never forget, we were at Southern University, shout out to the Jaguars. And do you you probably don't remember because you're younger than me, but they had something called jukebox and it was videos that would come on. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? I remember that. Yeah. Of okay. And um, his song came out. Um, it was all a dream. And I remember people being like, that's whack. Can you even imagine that people were kind of like, that's kind of corny. That's kind of whack. And then I'm like, nope, y'all, it's gonna blow up. And then look look at what it did. I, so yeah, I can't I cannot <laughs> imagine people saying that's whack because. I, you know, I was in, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade when Juicy came out. And um, mm-hmm. I remember that, like, the week after it came out, everybody knew every lyric to that song. Thank like, you. That's just, what I'm yeah. saying. Okay, so the next one is number two, Nas versus Jay-Z. Who you got? And Who you with? <laughs> so that that one used to be really easy for me to answer. Jay-Z was my favorite rapper for almost all my life. So from 1996, when Reasonable Doubt came out, mm-hmm. until like right before 444, Jay-Z was my favorite rapper. I don't think he's, I don't listen to Jay-Z much anymore. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to Nas, King's Disease 1 and King's, King's Disease 2 Un, you know, unstoppably for like the past two years. Um, but I think in the verses, I'm still gonna pick Jay. Uh, but at this age, I would I listen to more Nas. I feel you, and that's funny that that's your answer. Mine is Nas as well, but my answer is flip flop, and it's because Nas just to me was just for the streets. I mean, they both were, and you know, but it's like he just didn't care. He didn't care about all the other stuff. It was just simply. Yeah pure hip-hop you know yeah and, and i didn't think nas like nas is the amazing lyricist obviously he's on my mount rushmore for mcs mm-hmm. but for a minute 
I didn't think he was making great songs. I okay. thought he was like the verses were dope and what he was saying was was it was dope, but the songs just didn't impact me in a I way. I feel you on what you're you saying know, about that. Yeah. Jay just has so many dope songs and you know, I think I don't think I think Jay is like the Michael Jordan of hip hop. I think he's the greatest rapper of all time. And and I don't think that's not like not subjectively. He's not my favorite rapper of all time. But I get I what you're saying. Objectively, he's, I get he's accomplished saying. far more than anybody else. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And it's the same thing with Tupac. Um, yeah. yeah, their catalogs are just undeniable, right? So, yeah, but yeah, but it's Nas, okay, okay. And number three, last but not least, this is gonna be a difficult one, okay, okay. Kanye versus Drake, what say you, Mr. Gunn? <laughs> That's hard only because there's like two Kanye's, right? So, <laughs> um, true, you know, I really liked everything Ye did, um. Except for Yeezus leading up to Pablo. I agree. Like, I, I wasn't feeling Yeezus. You know, yeah. So I was in co like early college years <clears throat> during the college dropout late registration period uh, for Kanye. And he was like the best artist in the world to me because he was the first rapper that I could actually really relate to. Right. So like mm -hmm. there are elements of like the street rappers that I can relate to. But, you know, I, I never sold drugs. I, I didn't, you know, I was adjacent to that lifestyle my whole life. But that wasn't where I was at. Right. And, you know, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to do other things. And Kanye was like the first artist on a mainstream label that was saying that type of stuff. So mm -hmm. early con early. Kanye is way better than Drake to me. Mm -hmm. um, today, uh, Drake has a lot of songs that are just undeniable. They so, really are. They are, right? You know, but I'm going to go with Kanye, too, because if I had to choose, give, if I have the breadth of their catalog to choose from, mm -hmm. I'm going to still play more Kanye in my car. I love it. I love it. I, I feel all of your answers and I get them <laughs> and I respect them. And I respect that you answer that question being a rapper yourself because I don't want to get you in trouble out here. But <laughs> uh, it's cool. I mean, hey, these guys, the people you ask me about are so iconic. They don't care what my opinion is anyway. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Okay. So. This is the ultimate question. Um, top five. You know, people always say, what's your top five? And people are constantly arguing. Do you have your top yeah. five? Yeah, of course. Um, okay. Everybody's got their top five. And, you know, my top five, just like me, has evolved over the years. And let me also preface this by saying I'm from the South, right? So I'm from North Carolina. I'm a Southerner. And Southern <laughs> hip hop is, to me, like, even though we ain't talked about no Southern artists yet, um, mm -hmm. it's like the root of where I feel most at home. So uh, mm -hmm. my top five is yep. Andre 3000. Of course. Outcast. Yes. Scarf Scarface. Yes. Uh, Nas, Jay-Z, and Black Thought. Love. Oh, I like that you have Black Thought in there. You know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about him last night. Okay. Yeah. I respect yeah. that. No, we love Outcast. You know, going to Southern University, all my family uh -huh. being from Louisiana, of course. You know, you have to give a shout out to the Southern rappers. So, yeah, I, I mean, the South, the South's contribution to hip-hop is just undeniable. And, you know, growing up in the South, doing hip-hop music, nothing makes me feel better than seeing the South where it is today. Because when I was coming up, like, Janae, everybody in my middle school had a fake New York accent. Because <laughs> we thought that the only way to be cool was to be not Southern. Like really? If, if I, one of these days, I'll play you some of my early music. And my New York accent was so strong in my early music. <laughs> and it was just because I was trying really hard trying to not, so sound, hard so, not to, sound Southern. I know? love So you had the whole accent going on, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything <laughs> I could do to not sound Southern at the time. But I love the fact that hip -hop, Southern hip-hop is so prominent now. And those of us who are from the South can be fully ourselves and fully authentic 
in our music. Love it. Love it. What do you think about Lauren Hill? Because last night I was trying to think about, you know, my top five and my daughter, we named uh, our daughter after Lauren Hill. And at first for a second, I didn't even think about her as a rapper because she was just such a, you know, a phenom. It was just like, oh, she is a rapper technically. So what do you think? Because some people think she's overrated because she doesn't have this huge catalog, but I think she's dope nonetheless. What do you think? I think the miseducation of Lauryn Hill is undeniably one of the greatest pieces of music ever created. I mean, any genre. Yes, yes. It is. And and then if if we're going to place it in hip hop, I think it's probably the most flawless hip hop album ever created. Mm -hmm. I think Lauren as a rapper can outrap anybody. Agreed. Her verse on the new Nas album is the reason why, like, I wasn't really in the mood to listen to that Nas album, but everyone was talking about the Lauren verse. And so I started with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the song Nobody and I was like oh shit let me listen to the rest of this mm-hmm. and it became my favorite album this year but I love Lauren I think you know she had a lot of challenges you know, right. being a woman in a male dominated industry is challenging right. she refused to sort of relinquish her um, her rights in terms of her music her rights in terms of being a mother mm-hmm. I have a lot of admiration and respect for Lauren Hill um, she just doesn't have an extensive catalog right but what she created and the same with andre right i mentioned right. Andre 3000 in my top five he doesn't even right. have a solo album um and so but i think just based on what she did put out lauren has to be in your list of dopest mcs and i don't think any male rapper would want to go bar for bar with her oh i love it yes i agree wholeheartedly with you and then my husband agrees with you about andre 3000 what is that song uh me and you what what is that? What is that song? That's, ele- that's elevated. Okay, yeah. He elevated. claims that one of the dopest uh, lines is in that song right there. So I don't know. Which one, Which one is it? Which one? Um, he was he was like, I'm talking about the same thing that. Uh, basically, he's saying like I'm going through the same thing that you are, yeah. even though you know you think I'm a rapper. I live check to check, you know, like you know. Yeah, might have more fans than the average man, but not enough loot to last me to the end of the week. I live by the beat like you live check to check. If it don't move your feet, then I don't eat. So we like neck to neck. Yeah, and I love thank that. you, thank you for that because I was messing <laughs> it up. But yes, yes, that's yeah. that's yeah. what he says is the dopest line. Do you, besides your own music and your own album, do do you have a lyric that to you really resonates with you? Like when you hear it and you're like, oh, that that's my line right there. No, there's too many. There's, there's too, too many. many. And it, it, it would change like every day. But um, very much like that Andre verse, I, the music that touches me most is things that are really relatable, right? The honest, like in, in many cases, songs that don't become hits, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Elevators was a huge song. Um, but in most cases, the real, in my opinion, the real honest, relatable music isn't smash hit records. It's those I things agree. that really, you know, reach a place. So it's tough for me to pick one lyric, um, but I can name some artists that I think really do that well. And one of those is Big Crit, who is like yes. pro- probably one of my favorite artists that, you know, favorite current artists, right? Uh-huh. Um, Pusha T is really good at that. One of the things I love about Pusha T is he tells these like, I don't know if you, you listen to Pusha I love Pusha, Pusha T, yeah. Okay, he tells these like really intricate drug stories, mm-hmm. but in a way that feels so authentic and relatable. Even if you've never sold drugs, mm-hmm. it just feels like you're in. It's like most drug rap glorifies the existence of a drug dealer, right? Mm-hmm. Pusher's music is like the real human experience 
uh, for somebody selling drugs. And so it's just like the, the pictures he paints are so vivid. And so those are two artists that I think have so many quotables, um, if not mm-hmm. uh, an album that I think is the greatest, just their verses and intricacies there. Um, I love what they do. So no, I don't have a favorite lyric. There's too many for me. I love it. I respect that. I respect. Okay. So Joshua, what you want to know my favorite lyric? <laughs> yeah. What you got? Okay. So it's Drake's do not disturb. And, you know, I know a lot of people say he's a singing, you know what, but that's my cousin and I love him. Okay. And I feel like, no, <laughs> no more than you're my little cousin. Right. But you know, I have taken him under my wing. Right. And yeah. so I love Do Not Disturb. I like a lot of his music is very introspective and it makes you think. And so on that song, when he says, I am a reflection of all your insecurities, that really resonates with me. What, what do you think about that? That's heavy. That's heavy. Um, you know, that that line makes me think about uh, my children, my relationships, mm-hmm. right? Like how we can become... Uh, reflections of one another. That's heavy. That's heavy. Yeah. You know, I, I sometimes think we are, as human beings, um, just shielding our insecurities, right? And our personalities become less of a reflection of those insecurities and more of like a, uh, the opposite, right? We try mm-hmm. our best to, to, to not show those things. And um, I love that about Drake, that he doesn't, I mean, for the most part, he, he you're right, he is really introspective and honest and authentic in his music. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he also just sings a little bit much for me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hate on my cousin now. Don't hate on my cousin. I, got, I like Drake singing stuff too, so it's all good. It's all good. Too funny. Okay. So last but not least, uh, you have been really good on this hot seat. I have to tell you, I'm impressed. <laughs> There's no question you have not answered. So this is this is one could get you in trouble. Who do you oh. think is overrated out there in hip hop? <sighs> Man, that's hard. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna do this because hey, you know, and this is somebody who at one point in my life was one of my favorite rappers. Okay, okay. I think I think Eminem is overrated. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I I think Eminem as a lyricist in terms of how he puts words together, mm-hmm. second to none. He's one of the best to ever do that. Right. But in terms of the content, the substance, and the music, I think he's like people put him on their top five, and I I, I just can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um. So M is overrated. And then the other what was what was the other? And question? then the second one was second part is who is underrated out there. Oh, that's the fun part. Okay, yeah, I won't get in any trouble for this, but I think uh, I think Big Crit is underrated. Okay, right? I think like and there was this kind of new class of rappers like uh, Kendrick Lamar, J Cole, um, Drake, uh-huh. Big Sean, and nobody talks about Crit enough. I think Crit, like his catalog is strong. He produces, he writes. Um, he's the most authentically Southern rapper that we have since Andre and. Mm-hmm. and uh, Pimp C and that kind of that that generation of South, South Scarface, that generation of Southern hip hop. So Big Crit is definitely underrated, and then Black Thought is really underrated. Oh like, yeah, definitely. Talking about somebody who like lyrically, uh, I don't know if you heard Streams of Thought, which was his last project. I mean, it's like I look. I'm a very competitive rapper, Janae. I think <laughs> every rapper on the planet thinks they're the best rapper. Right. Right. So, right. You, you told me before this not to talk about myself, so I didn't put myself on any top ten list. But as a artist, I think I'm better than everybody else, right? That's kind of the, the rule. Yeah, right you should think that, right? Because that's what it's built on. to Black Thought, he reminds me that I am not better than him. Right? <laughs> He's just like, and there are very few rappers that I listen to, and I'm like, man, I can't do that. 
Like he is just, he's just special. So I think he's really underrated. Oh, I love that. Okay. For me, have you, what do you think about logic? I think he's underrated. You know, I don't really like logic. Like you don't that, care so. for, you don't care for him. You know, my son actually kind of got me and my husband listening to him. And again, it's not music that you might necessarily rock out to right but it's just like what he's saying and how he puts it all together i think he's underrated i do I, yeah he can rhyme I, and don't don't get it twisted he can rhyme right mm-hmm. he, 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 maybe a little bit on the nerdy side for he me. is like, he know? is and, and so and like, maybe that's what hurt him I, I you think really like my hip-hop that nerdy you know, so. <laughs> 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 so don't be mad at me just, oh, that is know. funny. Well, you know, my son, one of his favorite is the late, great, rest in peace, XXXTentacion. What do you think about him? I never really got on him. So, you know, that's kind of like a, and that music was a little dark for me. It was very know? dark, but he kind of had an evolution as the years went on. And it's it's just okay. unfortunate that, you know, his life was cut short before he could yeah. evolve into, yeah. you know, something lighter. But definitely yeah. like X. So, okay. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mr. Gunn, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you were here with me, and I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, I feel the same way, Janae. It's always a pleasure, and I'm, I'm grateful for the invitation. Yeah, so before you leave, um, is there anything out there, any advice you want to give to anyone who is interested, the youth, interested in rapping, hip-hop, artistry, of any anything like that? Yeah, uh, and I'll give the advice that was given to me kind of in the middle of my career. Be the best version of you, right? Don't, um, you know, when we come up making music, particularly hip-hop, it's really easy to mimic what we see and hear Mm -hmm. um, and what's popular. But the the reality is is, is if you're making a song that sounds like a song that's on the radio already, you're already too late. So there's no incentive for anybody to, to, to gravitate towards what you're doing if it sounds like everything else. So... You know, I I think that advice extends beyond music, Uh right? Be the best version of you. Um, What you bring to the table is what what is uniquely you that you can bring to the table is what's going to give you value, right? If there's five other people in the room that can do the exact same thing, the exact same way that you do, um, you have less value. So, um, you know, try your best to find your thing. What's the thing that differentiates you? And then be fearless and courageous enough to bring that to the table in its most authentic way. I love that. I love that. And your confidence is on a hundred thousand trillion. And that's why I relate to you because so is mine. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like, you know, life experience makes us confident and, and also, you know, confidence and humility go together. Some people think, but you're that, right. You know, I agree you, with you. When you're confident. You're not humble, but I think they go together. I think um, they do. Too. What you do well is just as important as knowing what you don't. Amen. Amen. And with that, I'm going to leave the listeners with this quote. And it says this, it says, passion is energy. Feel the power that comes from focusing on what excites you. And that's by Oprah Winfrey. So thank you so much, Mr. Joshua A. Gunn, right? It's A in the middle. There's no A. Oh, there's no A? Oh, there's no A. A is for you, the top. It's almost Founders Day, so we'll say A for Alpha. A for Alpha. A for Alpha. You are my friend. So thank you so much for joining us today. This was wonderful. Absolutely fabulous. So you take care. And out there to my listeners, take care. And until next time, bye-bye. Thanks. 
you can find Speaking Frankly podcast on the Anchor app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all other platforms that host podcasts. Also, make sure to check out my writing on my website, JanaeFrank.com. My blog is called Speaking Frankly, and I write about love, life, pain, and everything in between. So make sure to subscribe, like, leave me a review, and signing off, always speak frankly. Until next time, bye-bye.